You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome along to the OTI Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly and I am glad to be your host here each and every week on the OTI Podcast. And Today on the show we'll be uh, focused quite a lot on uh, daily fantasy and uh, anyone that's listened to a couple of the last podcasts we've seen them kind of season long and then it's moved in mainly to kind of DFS as we try and go on week to week to try and get ourselves through and uh, win a fantasy championship. So we're going to be talking quite a bit of DFS today and we're going to be talking with a man who is very, very uh, well able to do so. It is John Proctor. You can find him on Twitter at John Proctor DFS. He is part of the great team over there at Power Hour DFS as well as uh, some work on 2QBs and uh, fantasy. Fantasy Labs, uh, so I'm a big fan of all the work at Fantasy Labs, a nice connection there with them and Rotoviz, so uh, John, welcome aboard the OTI podcast on your maiden voyage. Yeah, what's up man, thanks for having me on, I know we bounced bounced back and forth trying to get this get this done and uh, glad to finally get here. Yeah, so uh, we were kind of getting back and forth too in the DMs uh, in the last kind of 30 minutes or so and uh, I was talking about leaving work and heading at home to get ready to record the podcast i said it might take me a little bit longer due to uh, the hailstone shower that has been coming our way here uh, up in the northwest of uh, ireland so sometimes we get uh, very cold weather then sometimes we get absolutely terrible weather it looks like over the next kind of 48 hours we're going to get really uh, hit in here with some snow so hopefully everything will uh, go uh, nice and smoothly for us on our uh, journeys around the roads in ireland but i have to say that uh, i've made it back to record the oti podcast so at this particular moment in time that is at the top off uh, my list of priorities so uh, John as we look ahead here to week 15 uh, I guess we have to kind of touch on it week 14 was the first uh, week that we had the DraftKings OTI league and uh, obviously you you done quite well John you finished in second place behind last week's guest here on the podcast Ben Cummings so obviously the the standard of the guests have been very good so second place finish for you Ben came first and uh, unfortunately for myself, I finished in uh, 30th place out of 30, 30 entrants. So uh, I'll be listening close to your advice this week, John. I think that's uh, the way to, the way to look at it. Yeah, well, at least at least it wasn't a you know a larger contest that you finished last. <laughs> and uh, the other thing uh, people were sending to me on Twitter is, well, at least now the only way to go is up. So I actually had a good week in DFS overall, but I kind of put a a little bit more of a, a fun lineup into our contest, which did include Monday night's games, and that was more down to uh, me making a mistake while setting up the contest. So uh, in future, we'll probably just go for the Sunday slate uh, in our contest. But um, I really uh, did misfire in that one. Obviously, Tom Brady had a bad day, and uh, uh, so did Branton Cooks. I had the Patriots defense in there. So obviously, those didn't go well. But over week 14 in general was there any players that you really uh, had a nice feel for and had a, a big hit on obviously a lot of people were on guys like deandre hopkins but my probably best call of the week would have been uh, theo reddick uh, you know with the the late scratching of amir abdullah and uh, theo reddick then had a, a very nice game and mostly you expect him to do his work in the passing game but this past week he uh, you know had two short rushing touchdowns which wasn't really what i was expecting him to do but uh, it obviously helped his uh, numbers a lot this past week yeah, and Theo Theo was a guy that I thought was like a, you know, a solid play, but I didn't think that he was going to. I didn't think that he was going to continue to get the goal line work. So the the goal line touchdowns were well, the goal line touchdown and then the later rushing touchdown were were massive. I just didn't, I didn't think he had quite that upside, but obviously obviously he did. And uh, had you any players yourself that uh, you had oh. a, you know maybe contrarian play? 
Um, I well, the one the one contrarian play that I thought was going to work out, but uh, he ended up concussed pretty early in the game. I ended up with a lot of Tom Savage in tournaments, just because I thought that game was going to be. You know, everyone wanted to play DeAndre Hopkins. Everyone wanted to play Marquise Goodwin. Everyone wanted to play, you know, Steven Anderson, who didn't work out. But <clears throat> no one was really interested in in Tom Savage. Uh, it turned out it was it was Yates who scored all the fantasy points. But I think, in general, that was a you you should pay attention to when you want to use all of the pass catchers. You know, two or three or four pass catchers in a game, and you want to use one of the quarterbacks. There's probably value in the quarterback on the other side as well especially the quarterback that no one's going to play. And then I think, you know, last week was an interesting week where DeAndre Hopkins was just massive, massive um, chalk. Um, You know, everybody wanted to play DeAndre Hopkins, but people didn't want to play Keenan Allen quite as much. And I thought he was close to just as good of a play. Obviously, he didn't have the two uh, receiving touchdowns. Um, So he came in, you know, a lot lesser owned than than Hopkins. And then... um, LaShawn McCoy was a guy who once you realize that there was just tons and tons of snow, he probably should have been a little higher owned than, than he was. But if you look in like, you know, some of the higher dollar contests, like the $333 wildcat McCoy was like 33% owned, whereas he was, you know, in the twenties and some of the lower dollar stuff. Yeah. And uh, obviously with the weather that did even prior to kick off the talk with the weather in the Buffalo game was that it was going to be, you know, very cold. And it, obviously then I tweeted out after, I think it was Ross Tucker had a tweet I quoted. It said obviously sets up to be uh, a day for the running game. And then I didn't really pay much attention to it. And, you know, it got to kick off and it showed this shape of the field and you pretty much couldn't see anything on it. So it really escalated very, very quickly there. And uh, obviously if anyone was on LaShawn McCoy, and I'm sure we'll touch on him in a little bit more later on in the show, uh, they obviously had a very nice uh, week from his output but uh, I mentioned the, the DraftKings League and we'll be having another one this week for week 15 we're going to have one as the every week as the season progresses and head on into the playoffs DraftKings uh, I'm glad to say are now launched in Ireland and of course with that I have become an affiliate of DraftKings so you can sign up get uh, in, involved if it is your first time and uh, if you use the code OTI while signing up they will give you a free $3 entry into a contest when you make your first deposit so Perfect opportunity uh, to get into it. And obviously, I mentioned the DraftKings League. There'll be 30 slots this week again. You can get in. I'll be setting that up on Thursday. So check out the Twitter timeline. You'll be able to see the links to it. And of course, if you are signing up for a new account, do make sure you use that code OTI. They'll kick a little bit back here to OTI and myself. And of course, that helps us here with the website, with the podcast and all that good stuff. So that is uh, DraftKings. And of course, uh, if you're playing DFS, I think between them and FanDuel, you really uh, have to be involved in one of those each and every week if not both so uh, we move back in to the news uh, of what has happened and of course the big news is that uh, Carson Wentz has tore his left ACL Uh, the sophomore signal caller remained in the game for four more plays after when the suspected injury occurred on a a Russian uh, touchdown attempt that was called back Uh, so unfortunately for him that didn't count but uh, it was his 33rd touchdown of the season, the fourth off the contest this past week. It's a new Eagles record. With the Eagles moving forward now, obviously Nick Foles is going to come in, and Carson Wentz has done a, a tremendous job, was uh, arguably the league's MVP uh, at the time he has gotten injured. Nick Foles will remember back to the, the glorious year he had, uh, I think now maybe four seasons ago, where uh, he just had an insane touchdown to interception ratio uh, with the Eagles. He is now back with the Eagles, obviously, and he's going to 
get a, a couple of games here to end this season what's your kind of view uh, on the skilled players of the Eagles obviously you have Alshon Jeffrey who did catch that uh, touchdown that I mentioned that went through uh, with Trey Burton obviously with Zach Ertz being out this past week Ertz has today cleared that concussion protocol so he should be back in the lineup so we probably have to just go with Ertz and none of the other tight ends back to that situation we have Aguilar and then we have the running backs how do you see uh, the skill position players and how much are you downgrading them uh, moving forward I think it's probably a bigger downgrade for the passing game than people are going to give it credit for. I think Nick Foles is sort of, I would describe him as fine. But I think the fact is that they're just going to run the ball. Um, They have a really strong running game, and I don't think they really have any reason to, especially this week against the Giants, they don't really have any reason to let Foles air it out. Um, So I think... You know, when you were getting four or five, you know, passing touchdowns, it seemed like every week, you know, he was, Wentz was just throwing multiple passing touchdowns. I don't know that we're going to get that. And I think we're going to see, there were a couple of those weeks where the, they had run the ball like almost 10 more times than they passed the ball. I think we're going to see that again. I, th- I think it's going to be a very, very similar situation to what you mentioned. I think, you know, people might think back to what Foles did previously. That's not going to happen. You know, we've seen it with uh, the Green Bay Packers when Aaron Rodgers went down. We all had kind of hopes for what Brett Hundley could do. But even in his best moments, he's not half the quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is. And I think we'll see with Foles. You know, people, maybe some people that aren't paying as much attention to the Eagles haven't been paying as much attention to what Carson Wentz has done. But what he's done this season in his second year has been uh, truly phenomenal and uh, you know there's obviously going to be a massive downgrade then moving forward we might see something like we see with the Houston Texans where maybe somebody like Jeffrey just tends to get all the love maybe Ertz gets all the love but it won't be spread around as much and as you mentioned there'll be a real heavy dose of the running game and this team is set up to run the ball based on the fact that you know that they have Blunt they have Ajayi they have Clement and the problem they have had is that they've run the ball a lot in first and second down this season and ended up then being in uh, kind of third and six third and five over and over and over again and Wentz has dug them out time and time and time again and the problem they're going to have at this point in time then is that Nick Foles is probably not going to be able to dig them out of that hole each and every time and then of course they're going to have to punt the ball away they might find themselves behind in games they do have a very good defense but it's just a case of it's a, a lot of unknowns at this point in time and this week they have a prime matchup when you look at who they have they're heading two faced the New York Giants in a, a divisional contest that obviously, you know, they're a lot better team than the Giants at this moment in time, but that quarterback downgrade is very, very hard to uh, trust what the skill position players will do this week. I just want to mention as I look at the schedule here, this week, of course, is the first week with Saturday night football. So we have one game on Thursday night football. We have two games on Saturday, Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts on Thursday. And then on Saturday, we have the, the Bears and the Lions and the Chargers and the Chiefs. And then, of course, the full Sunday slate followed by Monday night football. So just don't get caught out, particularly if you're in uh, season-long leagues. Do not get caught out uh, not having your lineup set in advance off that uh, Saturday night action, of course, uh, or else you'll just feel like an absolute idiot at the end of that so looking at Foles obviously he's not somebody that you're wanting to lock into your lineups you know he has a quite a low price if you're looking at uh, DraftKings uh, five and a half thousand in terms of his salary you know you could fit in somebody then like Antonio Brown in your roster who's all the way up at uh, 9100 this week on DraftKings he Brown does get a, a date with the, the New England pass defense which has improved recently but uh, you know it is Antonio Brown. So with that kind of thing in mind of paying up to get maybe a stud wide receiver or stud running back, have you any any inkling to uh, move towards Foles? So I think I think Nick Foles is sort of an okay play, but I just um, 
I struggle with that game as something that's going to end up being high scoring. Um, you know, I think it has a pretty low total and then, you know, they're eight point favorites. So I think that there's little reason to expect the giants to really, you know, put up points. And I would prefer to have a matchup where the other side is going to score as well. And I think that, um, Tyrod Taylor is probably someone I would prefer, you know, at a hundred dollars less if we get news on his health. Uh, though I will say that I, I generally do pay down at quarterback. So, um, Nick Foles is not someone that I would I would certainly you know tell anyone not to play. He's just probably not going to end up being one of my one of my main core plays. Yeah, I feel the same way, and I tend to pay down as well at the quarterback position, trying to get uh, you know some some uh, more dollars uh, spent around somewhere else. So I, I agree with what you've been saying. You also mentioned that this game is unlikely to shoot out. The Giants have also been really struggling in offense uh, over the last pretty much uh, since Odell Beckham went down to say let's say uh, 10 weeks it's not been uh, good for them on offense uh, you know I mentioned Antonio Brown he went off against uh, the Ravens defense it was you know touted to be a tough matchup against the Ravens D and uh, he caught 11 passes on 18 targets 213 yards he's just been uh, phenomenal this season yet again over the last five years he's just had such a run of dominance he's been targeted at least 12 times over the past four weeks and piled up 627 yards and six touchdowns in those four games so uh, there's not much more we can say about Antonio Brown he is uh, absolutely uh, amazing at football if we're looking at somebody else who's pretty damn good at football it is Nuke Hopkins and uh, you know he's he looks to be quarterback proof uh, you know he done it you mentioned there already with TJ Yates this past week so with Yates in uh, likely that Savage is out with a concussion this coming week uh, a matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars can can we go back to the well with Nuke uh, I think he'll be a lot lower owned this week but do you think even facing that Jaguars secondary is uh, too much to ask yeah I don't think I don't think I can go back to to that well and I think one thing too um people will look at the first <clears throat> Jaguars game and they'll say well you know he still scored a touchdown but um he had 16 targets he only caught seven of them for for 55 yards in that touchdown and the majority of his production came away from Jalen Ramsey I think this week Ramsey will follow him no matter where he goes. Um, we've seen Ramsey starting to move into the slot um, when wide receivers are moving into the slot, and I don't think that they're going to give you know Hopkins any opportunity to, to get targets away from Ramsey this weekend. Yeah, and uh, obviously uh, you mentioned Ramsey. He's been just uh, playing phenomenal all season long, went back from injury this past week, had an interception of Russell Wilson, and then A.J. Boye as well, opposite side of him, has uh, had two interceptions last week, so both of them are really, really tough matchups. So even if he hasn't been followed all the time by Rams, he still doesn't get a, an easy matchup with uh, Boye on the other side. So, uh, you know, we, we've looked at the last couple of weeks, and Hopkins has been a really chalky player, owned very highly, high percentage ownership each and every week. But is there any players this week who seem that uh, from this early stage recording this on Wednesday that they will be the chalk players or players that are very highly owned that uh, maybe you don't like this week? I think one is um, probably going to be <clears throat> Todd Gurley. And he's sort of in a matchup that I'm not really all that interested in. Um, I'm going to do my best to get up to, to Le'Veon Bell. But I think Gurley faces a Seattle defense that's really you know limiting opposing rushers. Um, and Gurley has been, you know, this was the, this past week was the last, you know, he only had 13 rushing attempts. Um, and he has had 
way lower rushing attempts over the last few weeks than he has in the early time of the se- early part of the season. And I know, you know, McVeigh has said that he's, you know, he's going to work on getting him more rushing attempts, but this isn't really the game to get him those rushing attempts. Um, and I think coming off the huge game where people sort of didn't really play him last week as much as they probably should. Um, I think it's a tough matchup to jump back on, um, especially with some of the running back value that we're going to have this week. Um, I think I prefer Bell to to Gurley by a, by a wide margin. Yeah, and uh, you know you mentioned people missing out on him last week against uh, the Eagles. Well, obviously there might be some people trying to get in him, but you, you have a great point made there that a lot of his work has come through the passing game this season. Uh, you know, if you're playing him in PPR leagues, or if you're playing him in any format, really, uh, you know he's been a, he's been a star this season. But uh, even more so in PPR leagues, and uh, that has been where the majority of his work has come this season uh, obviously uh, quite big news for me being a Packers fan this week is the, the return of Aaron Rodgers you know when he got injured against the Minnesota Vikings I kind of thought oh well that's it the season's over Rodgers won't be back this year the early prognosis was that he would be unlikely to return but he has been cleared and he will return this uh, coming week expected to start against the Panthers the Browns uh, were the competition last week and the Packers barely scraped by them in overtime so we see this team who can go from one of the you know top 10 anyway teams in the league to without Rodgers you know arguably in the bottom 10 uh, overall so uh, with Devontae Adams he has been pretty much uh, consistent throughout the time he's kind of been a bit like the Andre Hopkins he's getting those targets getting that volume but on the other side you have Jordy Nelson who has uh, really been kind of left out there being the forgotten man we've seen Randall Cobb not last week but the week prior had a, a zero uh, target game so if we look at what has happened overall how do you see uh, Rogers coming back how do you think it's going to affect obviously uh, Adams is going to have his role and it's probably going to continue to ha- have him as a wide receiver too but Jordy Nelson can he get back to uh, you know that at least have a, a touchdown upside oh yeah I think I think Jordy is where I would I would be going if I'm picking a wide receiver to stack with with Rodgers and I think we saw that you know without that Rodgers Jordy connection you're just not you're not going to get that same production from Jordy with a you know a quarterback that's you know he's not going to throw Jordy open he's not going to make those sideline um you know throws where you know Jordy's going to tiptoe it on the way out of bounds or the the back shoulder throws in the end zone you're not going to get those from Brett Hundley so you know the the things that Jordy is best at uh, requires an accurate quarterback, and I think we're going to get back to seeing that this week with Rodgers. And I think, you know, when Rodgers is playing quarterback, I'm not sure that any wide receiver in the league has, you know, higher multi-touchdown upside than than Jordy does. Yeah, and uh, since uh, Rodgers went out, uh, Devontae Adams has been uh, seven, or since the the week eight by sorry, Adams has been seventh in the NFL in yardage with four hundred and seventy seven yards. And then on the other side, Jordy Nelson is 79th, only 140 yards since that week eight by. So, uh, you know, a tale of two seasons, really, from uh, prior to Rodgers' injury to after Rodgers' injury. And I think, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting to see him back. No matter what team you support, unless you support the Panthers this week, uh, it's going to be good to see Aaron Rodgers back out there in the field. We've lost far too many talented players this season to injury. And, of course, we already talked about Carson Wentz this past week. A quarterback who is also... Uh, likely to be uh, out with injuries, Josh McCown. He broke his non-throwing hand uh, earlier this uh, past week. Sorry, this past week against uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, until this week's performance uh, and that injury, uh, he was supporting two weekly wide receivers that, that you could throw in there in your DFS lineups, and that is, of course, Kers and uh, Robbie Anderson. But Bryce Petty is going to take over quarterback. Uh, they get the Saints this week. It's pretty much. Uh, 
time to time to cash out on these jets and just uh, look somewhere else do you think oh yeah Bryce Bryce Petty is just absolutely horrible I think that the Saints will probably just run all over them uh, <laughs> and have, it's going to be awful no, I think uh, I think that's all that we really need to say about that one. Uh, if you have, you know, looking to get those Saints running backs locked in, uh, go ahead and do so. If you're looking to get your your passing game going with Drew Brees, uh, you know, if you want to get some Ted Ginn, if you want to get mix it in with uh, all the options there, you can just go ahead and get Michael Thomas in as well. I think uh, they're going to have a nice matchup this week against the New York Jets. Uh, Russell Wilson is a, a very talented quarterback. When we're on the subject of quarterbacks. But I'm starting to wonder, do I hate Russell Wilson uh, from all the way back to the 2015 NFC Championship game comeback against the Packers to this week's comeback uh, and then lose against the Jaguars? I I was playing against him in two uh, of my uh, season-long leagues and dynasty that I was in this week. And I was kind of looking at halftime like, wow, I can't believe how low his score is. It's all going uh, according to plan, but it it really didn't uh, go well for me in in that last quarter in particular. He... uh, really just uh, dominated and three quarters pretty much nothing done then he found uh, Paul Richardson Tyler Lockett for 60 yard touchdowns in the fourth uh, quarter scores were his 16th and 17th of the year so he's kind of been Mr. Fourth Quarter so far this season so it's uh, been, a, been a really good season for Wilson who has uh, contributed to over 80% of the Seahawks overall touchdowns whether it's him rushing whether it's him passing the ball uh, he's just been just been phenomenal what can we uh, look at Russell Wilson and the Seahawks as we head into week 15? Yeah, I think this is a <clears throat> going to be a good game. Um and I think the I think the Rams have an underrated passing defense, but they're certainly nowhere near as good as the Jaguars, so I think this is a spot for him to get, you know, not to say that he got off track cuz he still ended up with an okay game, but to get back onto a track of being a much stronger performer than he was last week. Um and again, the thing though that is a little bit of a concern is that we saw them sort of develop a running game last week or started to develop a running game, um, though Mike Davis was, was knocked out for part of that game um, with, a, I believe it was a rib injury. But if he's back, then you do have to lower the expectations for Wilson a little bit because the Rams are really leaky against the run. Uh, that comes from just Wade Phillips' defenses struggle against the run and they're strong against the pass. Um, just historically been his thing. So Mike Davis, I think, is probably a, pretty strong play against the Rams and he may sort of you know drop down Russ from that you know 90% of the team's touchdowns um, and offensive production that that we've seen prior and uh, when we look at Wilson so far this season he has multiple passing touchdowns in 11 of his 13 games this year and uh, he's playing at home this week against the Rams as you mentioned so uh, Kayvon Webster uh, the cornerback uh, number two cornerback for the Rams towards Achilles last week against the Eagles so he's obviously missing as well so that will help Wilson's case and you mentioned them uh, not being good against the run well we all know that Wilson can uh, skip the pocket and run sometimes himself so maybe that uh, would boost his value if he does some extra work on the ground somebody who I thought would do a lot of work on the ground this year and it just has not materialized is Marcus Mariota I've mentioned time and time again from early off season all the way to now that uh, I have a lot of shares in all season long formats whether it's best ball or dynasty off Marcus Marcus Mariota but he uh, injured his knee this week he struggled again for the fifth straight game he was held to one or zero passing touchdowns over that span he has four touchdowns nine interceptions uh, so it's just not been good he has 10 touchdowns 14 interceptions on the season it's just 
been a tough year for uh, Marcus Mariota's supporters. I'm not a fan of the coaching staff down there. Maybe that's going to be one of the positives if the season continues to go the way it does and they might move on from Mike Malarkey. But can you uh, really trust any... Uh, trust any of the titans moving forward here because uh, i had a little bit of richard matthews coming back from his injury uh, this past week and obviously with mariota's performance that really limited uh, all options in the, in the passing game there yeah and i think richard matthews and delaney walker are guys you can <clears throat> you can use um in dfs but i'm not sure that you can really trust anyone outside of delaney walker he's really been the only one that that has stayed consistent and mariota's just been bad He's been bad, and uh, you know it hurts me to hear 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 me say that, hear you say that. It's just not been a good season. Uh, when we're running through quarterbacks, there's one that uh, I was very impressed with over the last two weeks, and that is, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's obviously moved over from the Patriots in that trade to the 49ers. It does look like the 49ers have found uh, a franchise quarterback. Just uh, his overall play, his general demeanor while he's on the field, it just looks like uh, he just uh, he passes the eye test, as I would say at this moment in time. Uh, I had him with a, a Marquise Goodwin stack uh, and a lot of lineups this past week, and of course uh, then DeAndre Hopkins going the other week way. So that wasn't one of the uh, lineups that I inserted into <laughs> into that uh, OTI league, and uh, obviously at this point in time, I wish I had done so. But Jimmy Garoppolo had a, a 300-yard day against uh, Houston in the last two games that he has played. He's averaged 314 yards, uh, and of course, uh, he's just not really got the team into the end zone, but he has been able to uh, make drives happen, and I think uh, it's obviously going to help uh, as this goes on. He gets more experience in this offense, getting to getting used to the game plan. It's obviously going to continue to improve. I've been impressed with how Carlos Hyde's uh, running efficiency has improved over the last two weeks as well with Garoppolo in the lineup. Uh, with uh, you know, good ones with somebody who I've been you know trying to use the last couple of weeks, and then Garoppolo as well. Is there any other options that if you are interested in using Garoppolo that you could uh, you know have that uh, stack option? Um, I th- think you really just have to focus on on Goodwin. Um, I think Trent Taylor was a guy who was a little bit of a, a trap this past weekend. Um, tried to warn people that he had only seen, I think he saw 45% of the snaps against the Bears. It's tough to to want to run, you know, run a guy out there that's only on the field 40% of the time. Um, so not sure that's that's somewhere that I would want to go. Um, and my, my concern with this game is just that um, I think it's going to be a, an uglier game um, than people might expect. But I think Garoppolo is still fine. But I do think we're going to continue to see him struggle in the red zone because they just don't have a red zone threat. Um, you know, Marquise Goodwin has been a really good player, but he's not, you know, uh, you know, a back shoulder corner of the end zone touchdown score. And they don't have one of those guys um, since losing Pierre Garçon. So I think we're going to continue to see him, you know, pile up yardage. He's playing really well, but I think the red zone struggles are going to continue. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you're you're hoping – uh, for him to get you know those uh, eight to ten targets you're hoping for him to get six receptions you know trying to get him into that 80 yard range and you're hoping for him to get into the end zone but that just hasn't been happening for him you're also hoping for the opportunity you know to get that deep pass and touchdown because Goodwin has uh, you know the speed and it just it is going to click some week but it just has to be that you have to keep sticking to it if that is your plan as we move forward here they get the the 40 or the Titans defense this coming week so there is an opportunity for that to happen this week uh, moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you know I've just written down here on the show sheet how bad 
bad are the Bucks' offense. Doug Martin was benched this last week for fumbling issues, and then we have uh, Peyton Barber, who had 58 yards and 12 carries. So it looks like there might be a slight change in the yard here with Peyton Barber uh, getting more work uh, going forward. Doug Martin did not get a, a carry after uh, he had that fumble. So is there anyone on this team that we can be you know, confident in moving forward? Are we just all out on the Buccaneers? Obviously, we have Deshaun Jackson... Uh, Cameron Britt's been up and down we have uh, Mike Evans who at the start of the season we thought would get lots of touchdowns but it just hasn't been happening uh, for this team in any way shape or form I think if there's if there's a buck that I'm going to play you know Jameis has not been um, efficient by any means but he continues to put up you know 280 plus yards two touchdown type games and I think the Atlanta defense is is you know one that's a little suspect but I do think it'll be important to watch um, the news on Peyton Barber. Um, if he's announced as the starter or, or Doug Martin is inactive on Sunday, then he's somebody that you can or, – or inactive on, on Monday night. He's somebody that you could absolutely play. The problem is is that it's it's the Monday night game, so we, we probably don't get that news. Um, but he is one of those guys that, you know, if you've got on your bench and you've got someone else to swap for, you know, if you're – in your season long league and you have Doug Martin and him, um, you want to make sure you have both because it might not be Doug Martin come Monday. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I completely agree with uh, what you're saying. I mentioned this on Twitter uh, during or after Sunday's game. And um, I don't know what, I'm just going to get your thoughts on it, but if you're uh, comparing uh, Jameis Winston to probably anybody at this stage of his career, he had a kind of hot start or, you know, a hot year two. And we all thought that he was going to be, you know, a fantasy quarterback for years and years to come. Uh, does uh, Blake Bortles come to mind at any point in time? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely an interesting one. Um, I've always thought he's he's sort of like a Jay Cutler, but yeah, I think Maybe. those kinds of slingers um, definitely come come into comparison yeah we give uh, i think we give him a little bit of a pass because you know we say that he may be a little bit like the way brett Favre played and likes to not give up on plays but there's just so many times uh, time and time again where winston turns the ball over just in uh, moments where he really just should have no need to do so we've seen it against the packers two weeks ago where he kind of just tossed the ball uh, about five yards into a defensive lineman's hands for a, a pick six and we say time and time again i think it was his uh maybe his 41st game this past week and he's already gone over uh, 50 uh, turnovers in his career so obviously that there is not a good uh, stat for him moving forward maybe he will limit those issues but just the way this team plays they tend to just look for the big play every time they're not too interested in picking up first downs and moving down the down the field 10 yards at a time so we'll just see i'm just uh, i think we'll see major changes in tampa over the next kind of eight weeks uh, so let's see what happens there another team where there might be some changes and that is the oakland raiders pretty much the exact same situation Derek carr has had a, a major regression this year he's only thrown for multiple scores twice since week two he has 18 touchdowns which are still fewer than what Deshaun Watson has obviously Watson got injured quite a long time ago now he finished the season with 19 so with the Raiders uh, Marshawn Lynch another rushing touchdown this past week is it just uh, a similar situation to the Bucks that it's just very very hard to to trust on a weekly basis in these players yeah the, <clears throat> the Raiders are just terrible um Derek Carr without the offensive line playing you know as you know, the best offensive line in football, he just hasn't been able to produce. It seems um, Mari Cooper has not been good, um, and Michael Crabtree is not really you know the field stretcher. Uh, Jared Jared Cook has been pretty hit or miss. Um, he's kind of just a bad football player who can you know 
get it done every once in a while because he's athletic, but just not a good team. Yeah, no, I, I, it feels like yeah, and some of these teams, this is something we have to actually uh, pay attention to at this stage of the season. Some of these teams, like, uh, for example, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I have no doubt in my mind that they have packed their bags. They're ready to, to head to the beach and uh, they've already started uh, that, getting that vacation time planned up and uh, ready to go. I, I can't see them being too much uh, buying into these upcoming games. And I think uh, the reports coming out of teams like uh, like that, uh, like the Buccaneers, probably like the Raiders as we move forward. The Raiders still have a chance at the playoffs, but it's just uh, not looking good. So the next question up is if we're looking at uh, the Raiders and the Cowboys this week, both defenses have really struggled. Both offenses have struggled at times, but the Cowboys did get it a little bit back on track against the Giants this past week. Is there any game stacks you like this week? And uh, would that Cowboys-Raiders game be one of them? I think the Cowboys are, are a little bit of a, a trap this week. Um <clears throat> I think people are going to look at Dak and they're going to they're going to see last week's game and they're going to you know say well he's he's back on track um, but the reality is that is that they hit um, a few big splash plays um, a really long pass to Cole Beasley um, Rod Smith had that long um, catch and run um, you know Dak averaged something like 17 yards per catch uh, which is just completely um, far off from from his historical averages um and you know he completed 66 percent of his passes it wasn't like he had this bounce back into looking like the old Dak um just hit a few big splash plays and I think that was something that that people fell into the trap with on on Alex Smith for for week 14 because in week 13 he hit a few massive splash plays and everyone just thought the Chiefs were were back on track. The Chiefs were fine um, this past weekend, but they were not what they were in week 13. And I think that's sort of the same thing with Dallas. Um, I also think they're going to be able to, to run the ball um, and they're, you know, they play slow when they can do that. Um, Oakland is another team that plays really slow. So I think that 46 point total with, you know, 90% of people betting on the over and it's not moving because uh, I think this is a game that I I wouldn't really want to bet the over on. Yeah, no, I, and um, I agree there. I'm just I was trying to look up uh, on Twitter, but I can't find it. Josh ADHD uh, had tweeted out yesterday about the percentage of air yards that uh, Dak threw last week, and you know for his uh, the efficiency of air yards to uh, yards total for the team. I think he might have had air yards and it was kind of 33 percent of the total overall share, but I just can't find the stat at the moment. But uh, I thought it was very interesting. Proved uh, kind of like what you were saying that a lot of the um, work went you know based after the catch rod smith had 160 yards this past week alfred morris i touched him at 22 to 11 with smith uh, just uh, had a phenomenal outing on yards 160 as i mentioned 85 for alfred morris so if we're looking uh, through those uh, running backs is there any of those that you think of this game maybe does tend to uh, you know go a bit run heavy are you interested in either of those running backs this week i think if i had to pick one i'd, I'd pick alf um but I have a hard time playing him when, you know, he's more expensive than someone like Alex Collins. And um, he's about the same price as Kenyon Drake, who I think just continues to be priced incorrectly on DraftKings. And uh, he actually uh, had a, a really, really good game this week against the Patriots. So, uh, it's you know, when sometimes if you think that there's a, a pricing uh, model that hasn't had a, a correction yet, uh, Kenyon Drake could be your way to go this week. Is, is Drake somebody that you're looking into for week 15? Oh, yeah, I think he's probably my my favorite he's been my favorite running back every week because i think he's gonna you know touch the ball close to 30 times um and his 5800 dollars price is just it's just not not what it should be he should be well into the six thousands 
Yeah, and there's just times where maybe it's uh, because they're playing on a team that isn't as popular. Maybe it's because the team is in a, a bad position where they're not really heading towards the playoffs. But there's just certain times where play, it takes too long for uh, you know the, the the market to catch up, and those are the areas that you really want to exploit on a weekly basis. Uh, if you had Jonathan Stewart last week, he was somebody that you probably could have uh, got relatively cheap. And uh, you know it's just been a tough year uh, for any Jonathan Stewart owners in, in season long. He had uh, three rushing since this past week and he had three on the season prior to that so uh, a big big week for him did you have any Jonathan Stewart shares in uh, week 14 absolutely not (laughs) no way (laughs) Uh, it's just uh, sometimes you can't really you know you, you talk about uh, when the Panthers are playing I always say Jonathan Stewart's a great player between the 20s and then when you get into the red zone he just uh, doesn't get the usage but this week we've seen him get uh, two short touchdowns as well as that really long I think it was a 62 yard touchdown against the Vikings defense who have been really tough against the run this year so it just wasn't something I seen coming this past week uh, Buffalo we mentioned earlier the conditions in the snow McCoy, uh, Shady McCoy had a big day but on the other side of it uh, for the Indianapolis Colts Frank Gore had 36 carries uh, that was five more than he ever tallied in a single game in his 13 uh, year career I've seen some beat reporters talking after the game that they don't think they'd ever seen a player as beat up uh, in a locker room with you know just basically blood coming from every direction out of uh, Frank Gore 36 carries uh, how do you think he felt uh, on Monday after that one? Oh, had to be horrible. I mean, he's probably considering retirement. Yeah, and uh, I don't think, uh, you know, I wouldn't be looking to start him this week in any uh, DFS or season-long leagues because that is just going to take an incredible toll on your body. You know, we look at some of these running backs. uh, Melvin Gordon, I've seen over the last couple of weeks, has been kind of averaging 22 to 23 touches a game. And then you look at somebody getting 35 in one contest. That's just going to just going to really take a toll on you uh, over the the coming days after it and obviously with a man who is uh, well on in his career 13 years uh, in the business it's going to take an even bigger toll I think uh, with him so as we look ahead now again to week 15 we talked about you know some stack options I don't think you were really uh, intrigued by any of the ones that we already discussed is there any you know quarterback uh, wide receiver tight end duo that you're very uh, high on heading into week 15? I mean I think you have to um want to go back to the Patriots. Um, and I think just that, that new England Pittsburgh game in general is going to be one of the highest scoring, but I think everyone's going to focus on Ben and, and Brown. Um, but I think, you know, Brady and cooks, um, is a stack to go back to after they just, you know, really busted, you know, <laughs> this Thursday, Yeah, but you know, the Steelers have been giving up, you know, tons and tons of deep passing plays um since you know losing hayden and i i don't think hayden's going to be back this weekend but i do think he has resumed practicing um and as long as he's out that's somewhere that i would i would love to go back as a you know because brady's going to come in way way under round this weekend yeah and uh, just when we're on the subject of the patriots i just see it's popped up here on my timeline that uh, they've lost their right tackle cannon for the rest of the season with an ankle injury he had to ir so uh, that's obviously another blow to them coming out of that monday night football loss this past week uh, any other games if you're looking at a game stack maybe that you think that it could uh, has the potential to really shoot out obviously you mentioned the patriots and the steelers i think that one's going to be one that a lot of people will target maybe if you're looking somewhere that you think that it uh, you know maybe lower percentage ownership that is a chance to uh, have a shootout this week uh, any of those of interest yeah i think the the rams seahawks game um is a game that'll be you know more likely to shoot out than i think people are going to give it credit for um 
you can run on the Rams, but Seattle can't really run. Um, and then you can't really run on Seattle. So, and the Rams get Robert Woods back. So I think this is a game that we could see, you know, big numbers from Goff and Russell Wilson. Um, problem with Wilson is it's just tough to pick who to, you know, who he's going to throw it to. Yeah, it's even, you know, usually you could think, oh, we'll rely on Doug Baldwin, but, you know, on a weekly basis, uh, we've seen him maybe have a limited touchdown potential or limited uh, receptions. It's just kind of shuffling around. And of course, uh, Paul Richardson and uh, as well as Tyler Lockett are going to be cheaper options, and they have that upside of those uh, deep touchdowns like we've seen this past week. A game that could be interesting, I don't know how you feel about it, is uh, the Miami, or sorry, the Green Bay Packers and the, the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers have struggled really to move the ball, but you know we've seen with the Browns, uh, the Packers uh, in the secondary uh, have been banged up all season. They can struggle in that area of the field. Obviously, Rodgers is back. If the Packers can take a lead in that game, we could see the Panthers trying to get back into it. Do you think that's a game uh, that could have a potential shootout? And the other one then, uh, we've seen what the Dolphins did uh, this past Last week with the Patriots and uh, you know the Bills and obviously coming off that tough game in the snow but they have a very very good record at home you already mentioned that you might like to have somebody like Tyrod Taylor in your lineup and of course he uh, is practicing uh, this is Wednesday he is practicing already so positive signs towards him getting in the game this week uh, either of those two games catch your eye yeah I think I think the just the Miami team in general is doesn't get enough credit um Jay Cutler's 4,800 on DraftKings. Um, he's quietly been playing really well um, since coming back from from injury. And he was playing really well before the injury. Um, and Kenyon Drake has sort of turned that offense around. Um, having a pass catching back has been huge for the Miami offense. And then I think the Bills, um, you know, they are just a much better team with, with Tyrod Taylor out there. So if he is out there, then I think they are – you know, in a great spot to bounce back. Um, even though, you know, and it's not like Tyrod had to, had to deal with the snow. So, you know, if anyone's going to be banged up, it's not going to be him. Um, and I also, I also agree with you on the green Bay game. We see the total quickly heading up. Um, Rogers should have no issues, um, with this Panthers defense. And I think it also plays well, plays better to, you know, when Rodgers is in there, the Packers sort of just don't really run the ball, and they're not going to be able to run the ball that well against the Panthers, and the Green Bay secondary has been pretty bad, so I think Cam should be able to bounce back as well. Yeah, and uh, just then as we finish up, you've mentioned Drake a couple of times. You've uh, really been dropping his name in there, so I think he's somebody that you obviously really like this week, as you already mentioned, but have you somebody that you think is uh, a lock this week that you should really just uh, automatically be slotting into all your lineups uh, as we head into the Week 15 slate? Yeah, it's probably Drake, but um, <laughs> I think I think another running back um, who's a really really strong play. If um, we get news that he's going to be to be healthy, and that's going to be Mike Davis, and then the the other two cheap running backs that I think are really strong plays are Alex Collins and Samaje Pirine. Pirine wasn't really getting a ton of passing work, but with Byron Marshall going to IR, he's probably the only one left. And I think the Redskins will play better against you know Arizona than they did against the Chargers um and then with you know Baltimore against Cleveland Baltimore defense is going to you know be trouble for Deshaun Kaiser so I think Collins will get a lot of work and the the Browns have really been leaky against the the run over the last few weeks and then going back to your um the Packers and the Panthers I think Devin Funchess is a a really 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 strong uh, wide receiver play Um, we've seen how bad the Packers have been against wide receivers 
And, you know, the last two weeks, he, you know, Funch has dealt with tough matchups with the Vikings and the Saints. But if you go back to when he played the Jets and the Dolphins, you know, he had huge games against them. And I think we, we see a pretty big game against the Packers from him. He's probably my favorite wide receiver play on the week. Yeah, and he, he was somebody who was very banged up heading into last week. And, you know, he, he's been able to, to get production done. We've seen, I, you know, I talked about Jonathan Stewart and the work he had. Cam Newton really did struggle last week. I think he only had maybe, this off the top of my head, maybe 180 yards passing in that game. So when you see Funches then continue to have that production based on such a limited uh, sample size from his quarterback in terms of uh, his production in the passing game, uh, obviously something to uh, really commend there. And I think uh, Funches is starting to probably get the recognition he's, uh, deserves is uh you know the when when him and benjamin was there there was always the doubt as to who was better i think at this point in time it's clear that funches was the better wide receiver the other thing i've, I've noticed when we've been talking here is that you've uh, talked about uh, you know cheaper running back options is your kind of plan this week to, to pay down at the running back position and then pay up at the uh, pay up at the wide receiver positions i think the plan is to to get levy on bell and then two cheap running backs um and also i just i hate punting at the wide receiver position you know these three thousand four thousand dollar wide receivers um it's pretty rare that they work out so you know getting a couple of mid-range wide receivers plus levy on bell um and two cheaper running backs seems like the way that construction is lending itself at least to start this week so uh, lots of good information there and of course for the listeners that aren't following John, you can check him out on Twitter. It's at John Proctor DFS. I mentioned earlier uh, the Power Hour DFS, and uh, of course the podcast you have uh, each and every week. Fantastic stuff. I really enjoy listening in. But do you want to give a, a plug to any of the other work you've got going on or the podcast, whichever you want to let the listeners know about? Yeah, if they want to um, check out the website, it's just powerhourpod.com. Um, we do a lot of supplemental stuff with the podcast. Um, I do a weekly write up um, with all the games. It ends up being something like 20 to 30 pages long. Um, and then Ryan Hodge, uh, who is, I guess, my teammate or partner in in this, um, does uh, his weekly cheat sheets with a lot of different stats and um, sort of his his player pools. Yeah, and of course, uh, you have a, a, Slack, a Slack chat option now, premium membership, haven't you? Yes, we do, yeah. So with, with all of that premium stuff comes a Slack chat, which is pretty active all throughout the week. Um, especially on Sunday mornings with uh, sort of lineup construction and all that. Yeah, and uh, the Slack chats are becoming more and more popular in the fantasy football community. I know uh, the Curtis Patrick and Ryan McDowell of the Dynasty kind of version of it, use of the DFS version of it. So uh, the listeners, uh, you can go and check all that out uh, and see and maybe get involved in the Slack chat. Maybe you're new to DFS, wanting to find some stuff out. You can ask John. Of course, I mentioned the Twitter handle. The best way to find out all that stuff is at John Proctor DFS. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I already mentioned at the start of the show, the DraftKings League coming up this week. Make sure you're involved. Uh, I'm hoping that I don't come in 30th place this coming week and uh, it'll be five dollar uh, entry fee and of course if you are signing up to DraftKings, use that code oti while signing up uh, with all that said i guess all that's left to, to say is enjoy week 15 if you're in the fantasy playoffs uh, enjoy yourself if you're playing in dfs this week uh, i hope you have a lot of success make some money and until then have a good one thank you for listening to the overtime ireland american football podcast Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.